listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. Thank you for tuning in to another show on Comedy Slam Radio, the Let's Be Frank show, the number one show on the station. But you know what? Today I decided that my intro sucks. I think <laughs> really? it sucks. Like yeah. I got Quiggy in studio. I got Victor Varnado on the phone. How you doing, Victor? Hey. Pretty good, pretty good. What do you think? Did my intro suck? The Comedy Slam one, you know, it was there. And then you got me, and, and I'm starting to think I sound like a bitch, and I got to amp up how my show starts. It does sound like a sleepy narrator. Yeah, we got to pick that shit up. Nolan, we got to redo some shit. I'm mad at myself. It's all my fault. I came up with the wording and everything. It's been weeks, and today I decided I suck out of the random blue. I get a week off. I had a week off no show, Victor, and now I think I suck. Yeah, you seem much more energetic in, uh, in I guess, person than you are on that recording. So Definitely. Yeah, yeah we, we need to amp that up. I mean, it just sounds like there's like a bad hippie band playing behind you or something like that. One of those, I don't know, wandering dinner <laughs> music trios or something. <laughs> Would you like to hear something while you eat, sir? I do not like noise to distract me while I'm eating. I'm fat and I like to be left alone. Just leave me alone. Give me a big-ass plate or whatever I order and that's okay. it. Gotcha. So, Victor, I want to thank you for taking some time out. I know you had a you got a busy, busy schedule. Uh, you're not only a comedian, but you're also an actor, a writer, a uh, director. I mean, you wear all these hats. How busy uh, yeah, is your day? a lot of hats. Not everybody does that. No. And especially not yeah, a lot of comedians. Big head. Especially not comedians? What do you mean? Comedians well, always wear a lot of hats, don't they? Mm-hmm. They well, got to be the, the, their own cheerleaders, their own business people all the, all the time. In that aspect, yes. And that's everything evolved around comedy. But you're doing comedy, you're doing movies, uh, not only your own movies, but you've been in other movies. So, I mean, there's, I don't know that every comedian has that aspiration of movies. I know everybody, you know, they hope one, everybody wants a sitcom or, you know, it seems like they settle for YouTube videos now. But to branch out that much, and you're still a pretty young guy, although you have been in the industry for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of movies. I think there's out of necessity though. I started creating these projects because nobody has ever woken up and said, man, could I use a black albino in my next project? <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. Nobody but so, Eddie Murphy, Arnold it. Schwarzenegger, nobody, nobody big, nobody of any value <laughs> of all. Well, no, but it, although any, any movie that I've ever been in, it was always me convincing people that I should be in the movie. Really? <laughs> I, I, I'm like, yeah, hey, wait a second. I know you weren't thinking of a black albino, but listen to this for just a second. Listen to me. What is, what is Eddie? What's the response from an Eddie Murphy or an Arnold Schwarzenegger when you when you show up and you're like, no, you need to put me in the movie? That what? What's the awkward look? How do you talk these guys into that? 
well, I don't have to talk those guys into that. I just have to talk. I've talked the producers and directors into it. Right. They don't deal with the individual castings as much. Mm. Uh, but uh, I don't have to talk them into it. But it is definitely uh, neat to see like how they react to me when I'm on the set with them after a while. Definitely, Eddie Murphy was really cool because he. Uh, I don't know. He didn't know what to think of me, but he heard that I was a comedian, so he sent his crew out to uh, uh, to check me out and to see if I was funny. And they reported back that I was funny. And then after that, he was really nice to me. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Go so check it, out if he's funny. Find out if he meets my <laughs> approval. <laughs> so well, I mean, I mean, I guess I mean he's got a lot going on. I'm sure that he doesn't want to be seen with a terrible comedian. <laughs> No, oh, I agree a hundred percent. But I mean, I watched a bunch of the different, uh, a bunch of the different comedy clips and things that you've done. Uh, some of the little bit of the sketch comedy that you got out there, very, very creative. Um, you're not always totally dirty, but you're not always totally clean. I mean, some really interesting stuff. I saw you talking about, uh, and it was kind of crazy, but you got onto one of the things that you, your, your worst porn. Uh, that you liked the worst, and it was bestiality, and you just went down this whole thing. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was, at first, it, it was gross, and then it was like, oh. It went from gross to, like, kitty, like, I don't know, like, teenage funny. It was, like, just crazy <laughs> shit. He went from banging a pig to molesting a bear nicely. I don't know. <laughs> and then the bear enjoying it and dancing. It was great. <laughs> That was a good bit. Uh, yeah, I sometimes I challenge myself with bits. Like once I wrote a bit, and I wanted to write the grossest thing that I could write without using any swear words, and I wrote a bit uh, like that recently too. All right, nice. So you started off doing improv before you got into comedy. So what brought, what what got you interested in doing improv? Wow, it's weird that you separate improv from comedy like that. Well, it's two different kinds <laughs> of comedy. Well, I think man. what he really means, I guess, is really how you get into improv and then go into stand up. Really, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You started doing improv and then you got into comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I well, I guess it, I, I look at them differently. Well, they're just two different forms of comedy. I mean, there's they're improv and then there's stand up comedy, which are two different beasts. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that I can handle doing improv. At all. I tried it once. You were there. It didn't go well, but <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> Uh, it usually doesn't go good the first time. But yeah, I started I started out in improv, and uh, I, I went and started doing a lot of stand-up because uh, when you're doing improv, often you have to rely on other people, and when you're doing stand-up, you don't. So that's why I moved to stand-up, because sometimes I had ideas about things that I wanted to do that I didn't necessarily want to try and work in with other people, so I started doing stand-up so I could do things on my own. Nice. I mean, I haven't left the world of improv. In fact, some of the stand-up... So some stand-up sets I do are actually all improv. It depends on where, where I am and what I'm doing. Nice. Where are some of your favorite places to do comedy, uh, you know, when you're traveling? Any favorite states or cities? Uh, I actually I have a very different view of traveling and doing comedy because I, do, I don't usually do clubs. I do mostly colleges. So uh, states are different to me. Because I go to colleges where generally, like everybody is like star for entertainment. Everybody's smart. Uh, it's it's I don't I don't necessarily get the feel of different states the same way other comics will. Um, although I will say that of the types of colleges I go to, uh, medical colleges are my favorite because everyone's old enough to drink and they're smart, 
put that together, and that's like a great comedy audience. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now they're not allowed to drink in the college shows, are they? I mean, are you doing actual theater shows at, at the actual saying. college? Or yeah, they... there's not a lot of drinking at college shows, except at shows where everybody's of age. Like, okay. So at, at medical colleges, these people have already gone through school, and now they're like in their graduate medical programs, so nice. they can all just like hang out and have beers. Oh, okay. so they just sneak it into the theater or something like that, or what? Or is it just are no, they, no. these they, special they, rooms or they, something? Like? They let yeah. them drink because everyone's oh, cool. of age. Oh, okay. That's that's what I was kind of curious. I wasn't connecting. I'm sorry. See, this <laughs> yeah. is one of the people that you would not like at your show, Gwiggy. Yeah, I'm not that Gwiggy, smart this you're morning. Not that smart. <laughs> you did not eat your Wheaties, anything. And what you, did you just say this morning? Whatever you say. It's, not, it's after nine o'clock at night, man. This is just time to wake up now. What are you? What, what are about? you new? Are you new on the show? Probably. Oh man. <laughs> So what what's one of the projects you're working on? The project that you're working on now is it it's a it's another movie? Um right now I'm working on a movie called Realm of Lark. It was actually a web series that is getting turned into a movie right now. Nice. Yeah, that that was actually like a reality show in a sense, wasn't it? Is it that's how it was built sort of, originally? I mean, it's it's not quite like any reality show I think anybody's ever seen. <laughs> uh it is LARPers are live-action role-players. Uh-huh. Uh, they're people who go out, and it's, it's kind of like if they're, they're playing Dungeons & Dragons, but they dress up in armor, mm-hmm. and somebody dresses up as a monster, and they spend a weekend at a camp, and they, like, play out their entire adventure. And they have rules, like, you know, you can hit people, and uh, they keep track of hit points or damage, and then they decide, like, who wins different fights. And so the realm of LARP is where I follow people around while they're LARPing, and I shoot it like it's Lord of the Rings, and I add in visual effects when the cast spells on each other. So that's it's awesome. It's just like <laughs> them on their adventures. That's what the Rebel LARP is all about. Wild. Quiggy, <laughs> yeah, it's do you, great. Do you like to LARP, Quiggy? I have never LARPed. Um, I don't believe you. I Well, I, I, I'll check my records or something like that. I, I may have been accused <laughs> of LARPing once, but it, it's been Were you out. guys uh, <laughs> high school Dungeons and Dragons players? No, never, actually. That's because yeah, Gwiggy sucks. I played me some yeah. Dungeons and Dragons like a motherfucker. Are you kidding me? I played Dungeons and Dragons in high school for sure. Hell yeah, Definitely. man! You had to play something when they took that little <laughs> that little paper footballer used to make. They took that away. You break out the, the Dungeons and Dragons dice, man. See, I was that uncool. I was that uncool in high school that the geeks that were playing Dungeons and Dragons wouldn't let me come play with them. That was about how. Um. So it was, I mean, but. Um, so, Turned away from Benjamin Dragons. I've right? never heard of that before. <laughs> now, now, how did you first come up with the idea to do uh, the Realm of LARP as a web series first? Uh, I came up with the idea because I had I had uh, heard about LARPing, and I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Like I didn't I didn't even know people had people did it. And so when I heard what it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that more people don't know what this is, I want to find out about it. And then I went and looked at the, um, I looked at different documentaries about LARPers. And uh, strangely enough, like a lot of the documentaries were about LARPers was, they were basically looking down at the people who participate in LARP. And I was like, I think it would be more fun not to look down at them, but to like elevate it, elevate their fake reality into like, and elevate it into what they imagine themselves to be. And so I, and I looked around and nobody had ever done that before. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to just like show them going through their crazy adventure? 
very cool. Yeah, and and these are these are actual people and everything too. You haven't you didn't really script them out too much during the web series. No, that's awesome. are, I let them do what they wanted to do. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, nice. I saw a couple of the episodes the other day. Just getting ready for this, and I was like, pretty impressive stuff. Because I remember you well, sitting there saying with all the extra stuff you added in just for the spells and stuff and the arrows, I was like, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, whether or not you're into LARPing, it's still fun to watch because it's fun oh, yeah. to see how much they're into playing it. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> now, and hey, just one other question, too. Are are the people ahead. that were in uh, the web series, are any of them going to end up in the movie that you're doing now? Or is uh, it- the web, Well, actually, yeah, because the movie is actually made from footage that made from some of the footage in the web series and then footage that wasn't used in the web series. It's really oh, like cool. a fuller experience. Nice. Very what nice. the whole LARPing thing is, yeah. And we have just we have just had a surprise guest oh, coming wow. to the yeah it was surprise guest coming to the studio. Say hello to everybody. Introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. This is Tia. Tia, who? What do you think? You're fucking share. You have to say your last name. No, I do not. No, I do not. What do you mean? No, you do not. I don't. I don't have to. Say, I don't have to. All right, it's we'll hello, post it online hello, later. Whoever we're speaking with, <laughs> we how are, are you? How's it going, Tia? You don't sound friendly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she actually here's what here, this is Victor Vernado, okay? And she just came walking by the window, and she's another local open mic comedian. And right. I just waved her to come in, and she had no clue. I mean, she knows I knew, do a show, but she didn't know who was on. We're talking right. to Victor. Victor mm-hmm. is a comedian, an actor, director, writer. He's done all sorts of stuff. He's done some movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Eddie Murphy, and he's directing some of his own movies. He was just the LARPing, which, did you know what LARPing is? I am so sorry. I don't want to sound mean, but I have not heard of that. LARPing is live action role play. Now, don't be thinking sexual. Although I know, because be. I immediately went to, wow. So, yeah, that's where I, where I went. So sorry. he's making a movie on it, so you get caught in and... Have you ever LARPed? Come on. Would you LARP with me? <laughs> Not with you, Dave. Would you LARP with Quiggy? No. Victor is pretty famous. Would you LARP with him? <laughs> Victor already thinks I'm mean. But that might work well into the role Would you like thing, to have a so. LARP mean? A mean LARP? <laughs> Vic- totally Victor is, now. Victor is like, very interesting. I've already made a terrible impression on Victor. You make a terrible impression on people in general. Okay. Well, so you're not left out of anything, Victor. Uh, great. Are you guys? So you guys are. You guys say you are. You're all open micers. We all are. For the most part, I think everybody's around two to three years. I think Gwiggy's probably done the most with his uh, four and a half. About four and a half. Uh, I'm to the point where really, I get some guest sets. I do some paid work. I have a gig coming up on uh, the 14th. So I guess I'm a little above open micer status, but I'm not above showing up to open mics by any means. I do more Mm -hmm. open mics than. Paid gigs by far. I think I'm. I might be cranking about the two hundred dollar mark this year in comedy. Maybe, so, maybe three. How would, you, how would you rate each other's comedy? Uh, I think Gwiggy sucks, and <laughs> and he's being polite. Tia has great tits, and that gings her up to at least like a six out of ten. God, and I hate you, Davy. You, you don't like your tits. <laughs> No, I said I hate you. Right, but why do you hate me? Because I like your tits. <laughs> oh, that's what you said. No, no. Uh, what did you think I said? Be, well, just just for making the remark. I think yeah. it's, it's self-explanatory. I... <laughs> yeah, but I'm just a dumb fat fuck. You got to <laughs> spell these things out to me. But actually, out of I, I actually do enjoy your comedy though. 
because you tell jokes that are very smart. People have to pay attention and be kind of quick-witted. I tell fat guy jokes. Everybody can laugh at a fat guy joke. I appreciate your humor because it, it has to be thought out. I, I, it's my opinion of your humor. Oh, well, thank you. Of Tia's humor? Yes. It, she, <laughs> I think that you take a lot of tell, Do we want to talk about what you do some kind of social work for your normal, for your normal profession right now? True. And I think that leads into some of the craziness and some of the weird conversations that you have on stage. Victor, are you bored to death yet? No, I love hearing about <laughs> I love hearing about like where people get their inspiration from. Oh, nice. yeah, that's really that's, be part of it. I think that's important. Now you you've apparently never listened to my fucking show because we always talk to comedians and ask them questions. Do you consider yourself a comedian? Uh, not at this point, no. <laughs> you're, you're, that'd be a no why don't you just like punch me in the face or something are you trying to make my show suck what, no. why are you here I no really I just stopped by to say hi if this is going to be a problem I can go <laughs> no I want you to take part and have fun and yeah, smile your courage <laughs> I just don't want to wreck anybody's radio show I'm already perceived as mean so I don't want to be even you know meaner and wreck his show why, on top why, of okay. it I want you to you as mean you, you Victor, did. you're the one who said I was mean. <laughs> I never said that. I said you don't sound friendly. You're twisting his words now. See what you did oh, there? Why are you women always got to twist people's exactly. words? I think this is all on tape, and we can go back and verify. It is. It doesn't yeah, have to please all be go on. back and verify and find out how wrong you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he said you sound mean. Isn't that what he said? No, That's I did I not. I said you sound friendly. Listen. He said I sound friendly. Send me an apology email. Thank you. Or not friendly. (laughs) Not friendly. Unfriendly. I said you don't sound friendly. That's exactly what I said. Oh, okay. Okay. She's actually pretty friendly. And my friend, my friend Sheila, who likes nobody, loves you. That's why we get along. Is because we're both just rotten bitches, I guess. Nice. The truth. (laughs) The truth shall set you free. What do you think? Finally, you're coming out of your shell. Explore your inner bitch and tell us about the bitch. How was your day today? Tell Vic, Victor, do you want to know how her day was today? No, Victor does not want to know how my day was today. Please tell me how your day was. <laughs> oh, yes. I know he's just dying to hear how my day was today. Yes. It, it was horrible. It was Monday, so I had a great day to today. Say. Good. I'm glad. Why was your day so horrible? Did someone kick your kitty? No, 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 not at all. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, that's not what happened. You said no like four times. What happened? I know. Nothing. It, what happened? Uh, it's really unimportant and petty and ridiculous on a radio show talking to a perfect stranger who I don't even know. Uh, His name is Victor. Would you like to see him? Yes. Yes, I would like to see Victor. She would like to see Victor. That's, that's Victor. This is Victor. Oh, Victor? hello, Victor. Hello, Victor. Hi, how's now, it going? Now, <laughs> now talk to Victor. She's looking at you, Victor. You can talk to him now. Okay. Nice to meet you, Victor. Sorry if I came off a little... Unfriendly? unfriendly. Bitchy. Mean, bitchy, whatever. I invite you on my show, and you come on, and you offend my guests. I know. I apologize, Victor. You get 12 spankings. (laughs) Would you wish? (laughs) Yes, I do. I would like to spank a lot of girls. Yes, you would. (laughs) Is is this whole show just an excuse for you guys to flirt with Tia? Pretty much, yeah. No, because normally she doesn't come here. It was... If I knew I can get her to come here on a regular basis, yes, it would be. But she just live action role played and showed up. <laughs> yes. See, I told you I'm horrible at improv. I just start thinking with the wrong head. 
They throw a girl in the mix and I'm all fucking kabooey. It's, it's a shame. Did I'm I sorry to, to hear that. Yeah. You actually just edited the word kabooey in there, too. I don't even know what the hell that is, dude. I don't know. But I forgot to say, and this is going to sound weird, but I forgot to say in the beginning of the show, good morning to my Aunt Toby. Because I always say, I'm going to start to remember to say good morning to my Aunt Toby every morning. Because she doesn't listen to the show until 4 o'clock in the morning because this is too late for her to stay up. She the only one watching now? Is that the problem? No, she's not watching now, but when she gets up tomorrow morning, she's going to hear, good morning, Aunt Toby. From nice. her somewhat not even close to famous nobody See now, of a stand-up comedy. now all the sentiment is just gone from that, that you had to explain it like that. And She'll laugh her ass off about it. Just awful. It'll be good for her. That's all that matters. Nice. All right, so why don't you guys tell me one of your uh, favorite jokes that you do, each of you do. And then I'll rate your jokes. You'll rate my jokes. <laughs> I like right. this. Do you want to go first, Tia? Um, I Can I request a joke? Okay, we'll see. I like it when you send your kid into the park. Oh, it's 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 a dark joke, Victor, and you already think kind of poorly of me. He doesn't think poorly of you. This is just go I, with it. I guarantee you that whatever, however dark your joke is, I've probably said or heard darker. <laughs> he he told a joke about fucking a bear. Okay, all right. <laughs> you should put the light mic a little, the phallic symbol of the microphone, move it closer to your face. So Are we you guys having you trouble bit. hearing me? I just want no, to make he just sure wants a big, large rod in front of your face a lot more. Okay. So, uh, all right. Here's when I was a kid growing up, we were poor. So when I wanted stuff like candy, my mom would have to take me down to the park and we'd have to go look for the creepy guys in the windowless vans down there. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, listen, honey, he's not going to have to touch you for very long. <laughs> now, remember, mommy's PMSing, so get some chocolate. I don't want to have to send you back. <laughs> and like then uh, she'd um, those creepy guys could be quick because they got away with me a few times and my mom would have to call me in and report me as missing uh, but that really kind of worked out because she could uh, never afford to pay for my school pictures but we've got this great collection of milk cartons <laughs> I think that goes over great on stage I think it's a smart joke uh, no one liked it Nolan liked Nolan it. Liked it. Nolan, I mean, she's Nolan a hot blonde, so of course I liked it. And with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at two heavyset guys and a hot blonde. I mean, of course anything she says is going to be. Very true. And I, I believe there's an albino on the phone. So Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. Hot blonde always wins. <laughs> I, I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, he's like, Did you no, want to rate I her? Or yeah, gonna rate he's it not even going to rate it. He's like, yeah. No, uh, I, I can't it. See I, wrote, her. I, write, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm telling you guys the ratings at the end. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing down. I wrote down. I wrote down Tia. I wrote down lusted and in a van, so that I, <laughs> I, I can remember exactly what it was about. Gwiggy, go for it. That okay. wouldn't have been the joke I would have picked, Victor. Just so you know. Do you want to do nice. a different joke? That well, you no, 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 no. I did the request. I did the request. That's okay. <laughs> we'll do the request. High five. All right. I, I guess one of my favorite ones right now is um, it's it's more of a visual joke. Uh, I like doing a lot of bits where I can just sort of pause. Wait, who's talking now? This is Squiggy. I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the visual is going to uh, work so well on know, the radio. It's going to be well awesome. That's, that's um, going to work. Squiggy spelled G W I G G Y. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, basically, um, I used to work at a at a pizza place, which is kind of like fast food in a food in a mall food court, and you know, basically it was such a shit job. Like, 
the janitors would even kind of walk by, look at me, and kind of go, damn, your life sucks, dude, or something like that. Uh, but the thing that's really bad about that particular job is you're in this small condensed space where your restaurant is, and the menu is, like, right behind you. So pretty much all day when people come up to you, uh, like every day of the week, someone would come up to me and just stand there and stare at the, the menu for a few minutes, and then I'll just sit there and pause for about a good 30 seconds on stage, just kind of act like I'm looking at the menu, kind of dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking just, at you dumbfounded yeah. right now. <laughs> I think you lost points for your joke as I'll soon just as you keep had turning. to spell your name. I know. And then after standing there for about you know, a good 30 seconds or something, moving around a little bit, I'm just go like, nah, thanks. I'm going to go get Chinese. So that's, that's It's a very visual joke, but yes, I, I like doing I've those seen jokes. i joke, where, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I know. It but, is. It's very funny. So the joke you wanted to be judged was the one that... I know, one of my visual ones. It's, it's one of my favorites. That's why I say that's what's Awesome. So, next? All right. uh, next? He's <laughs> like, on to the next... So I'm I'm not going to try to do anything as elaborate as these guys. Uh, one of my favorite jokes is uh, one of the ways you can tell you're becoming a supersized fat guy is you have more X's on your shirt than you do in your little black book. Nice and simple to the point. I've got I've got one. Can I play? Sure. <laughs> Nolan, wait, the engineer. Wait, who's crazy. just talking? Nolan is the engineer and owner of Comedy Slam Radio, and he decided to tell a joke. Okay, and that was just. But who was just talking? Sorry. That was oh, that was that joke. was Fat Davey that told the fat joke. Okay, <laughs> the guy that begged you and offered you no valuable anything for coming on the show. You got it. Written <laughs> down. And what's your joke, Nolan? My joke is uh, it's an old it's a joke that I've I've had with me for a while. Do you think in Japan when they go to use the microwave they say let's nuke it? Cricket, 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 cricket. That's a good cricket. ass joke. Oh, it's fabulous. Tia, like Tia it. likes it. Everybody loves it. It's my fucking best joke ever. Yeah, okay. And that's why you are now an engineer. That's why I'm doing your mom. You are not doing my mom. But let's move on from that one. This isn't your mom in here? She said she was. Are you my mom now? Will you be my mommy? Mommy. 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 No. I need milk. No. no. All right, so. No. Uh, I did not. Is the milk low fat? This is becoming horrifying. What? Why, why is it horrifying? Why? Because. Yeah, why is it horrifying? Davey is asking me for milk. That scares the shit out of me. I didn't ask you for milk right from the teat. You might have insinuated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell? All right. On the scale, I, I gave you guys either a one, two, or three. With three being. Three being the best. Two being average, I guess, and one being the worst. Two of you got ones, one of you got a two, and one of you got a three. Keep in mind, this is just my opinion, and it doesn't really mean anything. But <laughs> two of you got ones, one of you got a two, and one of you got a three. Can you guess which got which? No one got the fucking three. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of the ones. Hey, listen. I, I'm, I, I'm sitting am... here explaining a visual joke. So it's like, <laughs> just terrible. I, I am going to pray that... Since it's my fucking show and I'm Fat Davey that I at least got the three. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I should have went with a stronger, longer joke. I don't know. I think. All t- right. I'll, I'll reveal the answers, at least that I have. Is there a prize? Do we get a prize? What? Do we get a prize? No uh, prize? No, I don't have any prizes for it. You, you guys invited me on the show. You should give me a prize. That's the way uh, it should work. 
If Tia was more freeing with the milk, stop. Baby, just I don't stop. Know. Just we we can quit with the milk. <laughs> Move on. Uh, why do they keep saying they want milk? Do you have big breasts or something? No, not particularly. I'm they're, not. I'm not sure. They might not be okay. huge, but they look like they're more fun than my own. This is why I come on the show so we can talk about boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I gave Nolan a one. Sweet. <laughs> I gave Dave a two. All right. I can handle it, too. I gave Griggy a one. Ooh. And a three. <laughs> Did I tell you your joke is phenomenal? Thanks. You, and what, what, okay, so since you got a three on the joke I recommended, yes. do you think that it's fair that you should judge the joke that she thought she should have done? I don't, I don't care. Let, let's, what would have been the joke you would have done? Did you got a three on my joke, what would you have done? It's uh, it's two bits. It's two. It's two. It's a two-parter now. Listen, I didn't ask you to explain what it was. I said, do the damn joke. Damn. So Victor can judge it. <laughs> bossy, bossy. Look at this <laughs> Did I tell you that I love you yet? No. In a nice way. I love you. Thank you for stopping by the show. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Think From the mean back? bitch. You think she'll ever come back? Am I talking myself out Probably of Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if Victor will ever come back. Victor, are you having a good time? I'm having a good time so far. Okay. How long have you guys been on? How long has this been going? 28 minutes. 28 minutes. Do you know how many minutes that means are left? Oh, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> okay, Victor, you really want to hear this joke? Why are you going to make me do all my jokes on your show? Victor, we could just end it. Hold on, hold on. Officially, what? let's move on. She don't want to fuck around with a new joke. Let's move on to a new topic. Let's. We can move on to a new topic. You can tell a joke. I don't care either way. I, I, I'm ready to move on. I think. If we, maybe, we'll give, maybe we'll give her a minute later. Let Let's go to when you're working on your material. You You said you do a lot of improv. Are you doing more Absolutely. improv? So you do more improv on stage. Than any real written out stand up. Um, it depends on the show, but I would say most of the time it's like seventy thirty. How's that? All right, and that's seventy, 70, is 70 written, seventy percent written, thirty uh, percent just fucking around figuring stuff out. All right, and so that's, and you know, and I guess anybody who really says that as you do comedy, you get a little bit more comfortable with doing that little freestyle not as scripted and i just started to I, it's hard for me to get comfortable with that because since i am still doing open mics and you don't get that extra 10 minutes you get up there for five and you're gone you want to put right. your best foot forward and then when you get lucky enough to get booked to do a 10 or 15 minute spot there's not that much of an advantage to take time because you want to make sure you get invited back or everybody around you wants you back again so Sometimes it's a little risky. So for me, very few shows allow me to really fly off and do a little improv off of the audience. I think, I think that uh, I, here's why I improv a lot is because I feel like what you're, you're trying to do something more than have them get the same feeling that they would get from seeing you on television. You want them to feel like they're part of a special event. Like you want to make this a quote-unquote night to remember for the audience in one way or another. And sometimes part of that is really being inclusive of them in the show. And that's, or at least that's how I feel. All right. So how do you, when you know you're going up there and you have so much scripted material, 
where do you how do you kind of pick out your spots where you want to veer off from the written stuff do you go by obviously i guess the audience reaction and have you ever thought the audience like you can go one way and they've turned on you um, yeah, sometimes it's audience. Sometimes you can't even do written jokes. Sometimes if you if you don't talk to the audience, they won't respond. I've been in shows like that where like the audience really responds when you're uh, doing crowd work, but then they don't respond at all to the like written material because they really enjoy it more when it's all about them. Uh, but I've also been the other way around where like if the audience doesn't want to want you to talk to them at all and they'd rather just see you do jokes. I mean. It just depends. You have to. I think you have to be very aware of like what the audience is doing. I, I feel like also there's some comics who always can bring the audience to exactly where they want. It seems like they can always find the audience and bring them to exactly where they want. I mean, I think there's very few comics like that, but I think there are some comics who can always do that. Most good comics can do it most of the time, but not, very few people can do it all the time. Hey, you have a link when you know when you go to your website. And it's uh, it was an ABC 2020. Yep. So what did they do? A, a special dedicated to you there? Uh, they were actually talking about. Do you remember when it was big news that uh, people with albinism were being attacked in Tanzania? Do you remember that news story? No. no? All right, they, that was a news yeah. story. Anyway, <laughs> if you pay attention to the world around you, you'll hear things <laughs> called world news and. Uh, People with albinism were being attacked in Tanzania, and they were doing a story on that. And then they were also they wanted to do a, they wanted as part of that story they wanted to do a feature on me uh, being a person with albinism because a lot of people with albinism I think are um, are put upon by society and like have been teased when they were younger. And some people are not are, are very shy about it. I mean, I myself am not shy about it at all. Uh, neither, and my sister also has albinism. She's not shy <laughs> about it at all. Did you uh, grow she, into not being shy? Were you shy at first, and you kind of was there ever a period where you really got teased and it was hard? In, I see, but that's the thing. I did get teased, but it was never hard because luckily I was smart, and so I was always better at giving insults to people nice. than uh, they were at giving me insults. Cool. So it was not a problem. <laughs> when I was growing up. And in fact, I also joined the wrestling team so that I could beat people up. <laughs> I just wanted right. to learn how to fight. And so when I was growing up, like, I, I, I think the younger I am, like when I was like maybe in elementary school, like sometimes it really bothered me. But then as I got older and the smarter I got, the more uh, it made no sense to me to be upset about somebody trying to tease me. Cool. Now, when you first started doing stand-up and talking about al- uh, I can't even say it right, albinism, um, was it was it hard to get into that? Was it was it sort of like a taboo area because it's somewhat based on race too? And and, and was that ever? Uh, uh, did you ever any real bad experiences where you just almost booed off the stage or anything, or told not to come back anywhere or something? Um, no, actually, I'll tell you what the actually. Actually, because I talk about it so frankly, I mm-hmm. think people are very open to it. And they, and they actually ask me questions about it at the shows, which is exactly what I would prefer. I think sometimes people get the wrong idea because I'm never on stage. I'm never on stage saying that uh, the, the fact that I'm an albino is a bad thing. Yeah. I always talk about how people perceive it, but I'm never like, for instance, if somebody's 300 pounds on stage, okay, 
sometimes they'll make fun of themselves for being fat and they'll be like, I'm a fat slob and blah, 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 blah. I'm never like on stage being like, I'm a freak. And that's not my gig, <laughs> yeah. but I'm always, I'm always, I always talk about, I always talk about the wrong or, and, or interesting ways other people perceive me, um, and, or myths about albinism, but it's, uh, or even jokes about how it's going to use albinism to my advantage, but it's never <laughs> me making fun of myself. And cool. so I think sometimes when people don't listen, <laughs> they think that when they when I come off stage, they think that they can walk up to me and be like, ah, what's up, my little albino buddy? And that's not how I roll at all. I don't respond <laughs> to that, and I will get in people's faces. Wow. Awesome. Now, does size intimidate you? Because I'm a massively large fat man. So if I came up to you and said, ah, my little albino brother, would you just beat up on a 350-pound man just as easy and not care? I'm not saying I physically attack everybody who says anything. <laughs> well, no, I meant verbal. Like I, I didn't once, mean verbally uh, abused. I didn't think that you would physically attack me, but. I would verbally attack people. Once I was doing a show, I was opening for uh, Christian Finnegan. Okay. And uh, we, were, we were at this club, and I was opening for him. And then afterwards, these two women came up, and, and they were, I mean, they were like Midwest, didn't understand, I guess, but. They came up, and they were like, hey, we want pictures. And then the two women got around me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we've never had a picture with a real albino before. And I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be even better if I was a talking hippopotamus? (laughs) 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 Which which me and Christian laughed at, and the two women didn't understand at all why it was so funny. (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. So now how, how long have you actually been in comedy? Uh, about 12 years. 12 years. And I know it was in like 1999 is when you did the movie with Arnold, and then you did a movie in 2002 with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But like right. that's seemingly right towards the beginning of your whole career. Uh-huh. So that's, yeah, I mean, definitely. So, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal to start off with that. So did you have more acting, acting credits and stuff prior to getting into comedy? I mean, it kind of appeared that way when I was looking at your bio and the IMDb pages. Yeah, I mean, when I when I very first started, I was really going after acting a lot. But then when I first when I first got a couple of roles, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was basic, was basically um, I I was originally hired by a different director, and then my part was supposed to be bigger. And then a new director, the director that hired me, got fired, and there, a new director came on like a week before they started shooting. They cut my part way, way down, and then they changed my character name from the name, like I had a character who had a name, and then they changed me from that to Albino in the movie. So, so then I was like kind of disappointed in that because it was actually for a bigger role. The Eddie Murphy movie was cool because uh, in that movie, you know, like people, people often see the movie and they're like, hey, blah, 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 you know, you played the Albino in the Eddie Murphy movie, but... Actually, in the Eddie Murphy movie, nobody even mentions that I'm an albino. It's just me just goofing around and being funny. Um, And so that movie, I got a bigger part. Uh, I got a bigger part, which is more along the lines of what I want to do. I mean, I don't want to deny ever that I'm an albino in a movie, but I don't want the movie to be just about the fact that I'm an albino. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to be in a movie uh, just uh, for 
them exploiting the fact that I'm an albino and that's all that I'm in the movie for. However, that Eddie Murphy movie was a flop. So <laughs> then, uh, so then I've done I've done other stuff since then, but I'm, I've also turned down stuff. Like when people approach me and they really just want to exploit the fact that I'm an albino, and it's and it's and it doesn't seem like it's a it's a role that's going to forward my career in the way that I want to forward my career. I don't do it. All and right. I've done funny roles being an albino, like I did uh, My Name is Earl, mm-hmm. and I was like a, a gang leader of a bunch of albinos in My Name is Earl. But there was also a thing where it wasn't where uh, it wasn't a thing where they were like trying to insult us or say they were freaks or anything like that. It was just a funny, weird thing. Definitely. Uh, and everything on that show is hysterical. Everything named... Uh... I just mess up the name of the show. My name is Earl. My name is Earl. I almost said everything about Earl. That's horrible. <laughs> Tia must have me shaken with all her beauty. Did you say? Oh. I don't know. What does Tia look like? Uh, Describe Tia. Tia has like two tone blonde, and what's the? Would you say it's like a reddish strawberry color hair underneath there? I have no idea. I don't know what well, it look is. Look at it. It's right there. I know. I don't know. Brown. Brown, so blonde and brownish. She's white with uh, kind of bluish hazel eyes. Is that a good description? Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, she got a nice rack. and uh, <laughs> So awesome, Davey. Uh, her, her chest is very appealing, I think, to the male <laughs> eye. Um, Much more poetic there. Just more words. It does look like she's packing some really good watermelons in the trunk, too. <laughs> yeah, that's just really. I don't even. Really I've never even that. heard that expression before. I don't even know what the fuck that means. All right, <laughs> you, you got a nice. <laughs> would you prefer uh, you have a nice juicy ass? <laughs> no, I would better? prefer none of these descriptions. But, but, but he's asking me to describe you. How would you prefer it? She's a blonde, and she has a body, and there's arms and a leg attached to it. He wants her exact weight and measurements and everything, too. Oh, I'd so, say about... You know, that's, that's not necessary. <laughs> no. kidding, dude. Sorry. Please. I'm ready to go in there with some to totally off-the-wall numbers that will make no sense. You have, What's your description? Huh? Quiggy, you don't want a description? Really, this isn't She's over there on your right. That's about right. the best description. I'm not that yeah, hard to there see. There you go. You can hey, see her Quiggy. on the TV. She's in front of you. Yeah, does he get this? Does does Victor Victor? If you go watch this live on, you could check out all her beauty yourself. I was looking for this link that you said, and I can't find it. It's right Where on, is it? uh, right on the on the top of my page. It was put up by Nolan Ray on the Facebook. Uh, and there's a link to. It was probably just above second. my lovely ad advertising you coming onto this fabulous organized show. All right, I'm going to go on. Okay, let's keep talking about whatever we're talking about. I don't know what we're keep talking about. So keep you, the show moving, guys. Come on. There you go. Somebody take There's control fun. of this shit. All right. uh, can I ask you a little bit about directing? How did you uh, first get into directing uh, different things? Was was the Realm of LARP one of your first things? or, or? No, Realm of LARP, I think, is my fourth big project that I've ever okay. directed. Um, uh, my first big project that I directed was actually a movie for Warner Brothers uh, called uh, Twisted Fortune, which never came out, unfortunately, because it never came out because the uh, producer of that movie, who is not me, uh, basically lied to Warner Brothers and breached his contract. And then 
they shut the movie down and everything was seized. Wow. Did you still get paid? Sadly. What? Did you at least still get paid? They still owe me $20,000. Oh, wow. That's a mistake. $20,000. I think you need to go get that albino gang from the Earl show and let's go take them down. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, Dave's on about. a plane to help you out. In about, if I had my own gang, I'd be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, but uh, that movie was that movie was a lot of that movie was the first thing I did, and so then so after it got seized and it never came out, then I was like, oh my god, I know I don't want to be the director who had his shot and then the movie never came out. <laughs> so then I invested some of my own money in this uh, thing called the Awkward Comedy Show, which was a showcase of alternative black comics. Uh, which had myself, Eric Andre, Hannibal Barrett in it. Uh, and then I, I invested my own money in that, and that's how I started on the road to like doing more projects and bigger, better projects. When that one finally sold to Viacom, that was, uh, that was a big turn for the positive side. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, how I got started with directing, the very first things I directed were just shorts. I just directed uh-huh. a bunch of shorts. I just really wanted to direct and I knew nothing about directing, so I just started making things. Oh, nice. And then I would show them people, and they'd be like, that sucks. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make it better. And I would keep making more what stuff is, until is. I got to the point where people were like, that doesn't suck. Nice. How, how do you start off uh, directing a project? What, what are some of the first things you do just as, as a director and stuff like that? I mean, obviously you pick, up, uh, pick out your project, but what do you, where do you start from? Uh, I mean, that's a pretty well, broad question, but... I'm, well, how do you, you mean how do you start off as a director in general, or how do you start directing a Just specific a, a, a piece? Just a specific piece, basically. What do you, what do you usually like to do? I, well, I, I, I read the script. I try to envision like, how I want to communicate whatever ideas it's trying to show. And then I, uh, I often storyboard. Uh, storyboarding, I think, is a great way to put down like how you want to... Uh, uh, tell a story visually, and so I do that all the time. Are you interested in directing yourself? I, I never have, but I'm just, I was curious how you, how you started it. But yeah, that's uh, does sound interesting. Yeah, I think I could eventually. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean the way you started it, saying you just did a lot of trial and error. That that you know that's that's awesome that you did it just like that. Yeah. A lot of people who are into directing now say that you don't even necessarily have to go to film school to learn how to direct because everything you want to know about direct directing, people are. Uh, telling you for free on the internet, like it all. I mean, almost everything technically you can learn on the internet. But as far as like how to be an emotional director, mm-hmm. that's not really taught on the internet. But mm-hmm. but technically, everything you need to know about how to hold the camera, how to set up lights, how to do your sound, how to do your post production, how to do editing, like all of that is on the internet. People will you can look it all up for free. Wow, that's cool. Is that where you got most of your experiences from? Is from the internet, or did you spend some time in school yourself? Um, I went. I went to college uh, for media for children. That wasn't really about directing. It was more like it was more about writing and kind of conceptualizing things. I actually never finished. I had a scholarship for playwriting, um, but I never finished college. So I guess I, I guess I learned most of it on my own or on the internet. Very mm-hmm. cool. Great. So I'm actually, but actually, to be honest, most of it is trial and error. I learned I learned most everything from like trial and error, like working through stuff, because that's the best teacher. That's better than anything else. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I gotta say, I'm flipping here through while we're while I'm listening to you uh, on the IMDb page, and I just see a movie that I, I kind of remember, and I didn't even realize it, but 
back in 1996, you were in Full Moon Rising. Oh, uh, yeah. That Now, that was a pretty good movie. I, I mean, that's been around, I mean, obviously a long time, but I wouldn't say that that was no flop, as you put it, like the Eddie Murphy movie. I don't think you know what Full Moon Rising is. Why, you think it was a flop? Who do, who do you think was in Full Moon Rising? I'm trying to remember. What was, the, what was that movie about? I'm trying to remember the full story. Now he's put me on the spot, this son of a gun. Uh, now, see, quickly I can go to see who directed it and all the people that are in it. Please, go right ahead and find out that it's not the movie you thought it was. You know, I think I was thinking of a movie with um, Cher in it, actually. So, yeah, this is You're nothing. thinking of a movie with Cher in it? Yeah, so I'm totally off, but thank you for yes. for totally making me look as stupid as I am on my show. I appreciate that, and I deserve every single second of it. Look, I, all I'm going to say is if you had IMDb in front of you, you should have made sure about what you're talking about before. <laughs> Listen, please. I, and you know what? I am great with being beat up on, on my own show because... You know, I have, I, have, I have asked superstars stupider questions. That's all I'll say. So, I, you know, at least, you know. May I bring it up? No. Sure. Why not? I asked, Please bring it up. Oh, okay. Yes. We had just, just Martin just, Short yes. on the show, and we had talked, right. and I can't remember the exact question, so I'm sure Gwyddy oh, will rephrase. I can remember the exact oh, damn question I, I was sitting right next to you. And I know. So we were talking everything, you know, all about his improv and all the different things he's done. And out of nowhere, I have a brain fart, and I say, what, Quiggy? said, so, Martin, have you ever done any improv? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what? Listen, some, sometimes I'm just off on my own world. It's I'm like, allowed to fuck up. It happens. Nice little Larry. conversation, and then you that ask him. That was a good one, though, Davey. It's horrible. That was I awesome. will never live it down. Never. It's okay. I, and you know what? I'm okay with the fact that I fuck up sometimes, you know, because at least it means I'm putting out the effort. Apparently, I put out a shitty effort on this full moon rising thing, but fuck. I, I was hoping he was going to go with it. Instead, he just like, bam, bitch, why are you bringing up shit you don't know what you're talking about? You're putting out the effort to fuck this up? Is that what you're doing? Yes, thank you. Thank okay. you. For, hey, listen, no tits, no great ass, blonde, kind of boring chick to my right. Just go ahead and throw something in every now and again. Thank you. What, do you, what, what do you want to talk about? Would you like to ask Victor a question? No, I'm just very interested listening to Victor talk about what he does and how he does it. And probably somebody in my position is much better off listening than talking. Well, is, is there well, you're something... on Fox show, though. I think yeah. that's a mistake. Yes. <laughs> if so, you have someone on with Victor who's got a lot of experience. He's done comedy. Maybe you want to ask him about some of the things, some of the steps he's taken to get to where he has. Here's in my question, Victor: Did you ever have an aha moment in your stand-up career, where you just was like, I know, for me as an open micer, I struggle, 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 and I've talked to several comedians who are like, you know, you just hit this point where you hit an aha moment and everything just seems to work. Do you ever feel like you had that moment in your career doing stand-up? Absolutely, and I think you have them over and over again. I really do. I think that. I think that you will have an aha moment like when the first time that you're in front of an audience and like it seems like everything you do or say just has everyone rolling and then you can get that continually like more than once like in, in, a, in, a, in a succession of uh, shows that you've done right. and you're going to have aha moments about that. When you, finally, when you finally figure out like there's a rhythm 
to writing jokes, and it's not always about what you say, but it's also about like how you put your personality out there. You're going to have an aha about that. I mean, I think that comics have them over and over again. I like. I often, I often find out that like, oh my god, if I write like this, it's so much better than how I've been writing for the past, you know, year or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always, I always find, I always find moments like that all the time. I, in fact, I think, I think mo- most recently I had a moment like that where I was, I just realized. Like the when I write when I write jokes uh, that kind of transcend uh, my stand-up, meaning I write jokes where uh, I I usually been confident that I like I I go on stage I'm funny people are like you're really funny and they love it, but then I got to the point where I like oh I also can write jokes where not only do I go on stage and they think I'm funny but then they retain information from this joke so much that they start telling other people about the joke oh, like, right. or, or it becomes just part of who they are. Like I, I wrote a joke recently where it was about like a subject that I, um, I thought that someone, like I thought that plenty of people must have written the jokes about it, but I still think, but what I found out is that nobody had written a joke exactly the way that I had written it. And then when I started doing a joke on stage, it was something that makes people think differently about the subject, I think, for the rest of their lives which is kind of amazing to do when you do that, something like that. Yes. Absolutely. That was a great question. Well, and then <laughs> just, and he's so surprised. He's, and no, the, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm giving you encouragement. You didn't want to ask a question, and I'm saying it was a great question, and it got a great response. I would uh, well, just like, follow up Patrice with... Patrice O'Neill did a joke in his like most recent special, Elf in the Room. He did a joke at the top of his show where he was basically doing a, a joke about um, about how uh, how long they search for white people when they go missing and how long they search for black people when they go missing. Right. And it's changed the way that I, like every time they announce that someone is missing or they've been searching, that it changes the way that I think about that because it always, that his bit about like how they determine like who to search for and how long they'll search for somebody based on their race always in my head when I see another white lady missing in the news. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. Yes, I agree. That's what I'm, ta- I'm talking about. Like when you write a joke mm-hmm. that really changes the way people think about something, like every time that that comes up in the back of, uh, that every time that that comes up from now on, I'll think about that joke you did. That's right. awesome. Nice. Right. Just like every time I walk by a park, I think about your joke and the candy and the kids. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad I can remind somebody of child molestation. That's fabulous. Yeah, every time he has a Snickers bar now, he starts driving by elementary schools. No. So, yeah. I, I do not drive by elementary schools. I just go by regular parks where there's single moms. They're not allowed at the elementary schools. How long would you say, Victor, before it was before you really felt comfortable on stage? Before I really felt comfortable on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was immediately. Here's the sad thing is, I think most comedians feel comfortable on stage immediately, because especially especially people that are terrible, they get comfortable really fast. Because <laughs> uh, they don't. The people the people who are the worst always are the most comfortable on stage because they don't have any they don't have any clue about how bad they're doing. They actually don't have a good gauge of whether or not they're good at comedy. So I think those people feel the most comfortable, the quickest. And That's I like listening to that, JT. I was going to say, I know people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. And I, yeah. I think that 
I think that comics, even comics that are good, like, I think it's a combination of the both. Like, I think, of both, I mean, I think you'll say that you don't feel comfortable on stage, but you want to be on stage. You mm-hmm. want to get out there and talk and do stuff. And, like, if someone's like, hey, do you want to go on stage, you don't turn them down. You go out and do it. So, right. to an extent, even if you're saying you don't feel comfortable on stage, you already feel comfortable on stage. At least you want to be there. Right, right. Very good. I know for me, one of the first, that was one of the reasons I wanted to get on stage. Uh, I was 38, and I thought by getting on stage would help me with my other career in sales because um, I've been in, you know, just on in commission on sales for, at the time, 23 years, and I just felt like it was stale and there was no excitement to it. And I had sold stuff in front of 10 or 15 people, so I was like, I could talk in front of anybody. Let me get on stage and see if I could talk in front of 20, 30, 40 and see if I feel comfortable. And I know my first aha moment when I felt like, okay, I could do it, was uh, I had done one of the side splitters competitions. And although yeah. it was like a, it's just a, I don't know if you know the club down here, side splitters, but it's a pretty nice club. And it was a bringer. You bring guests and all that, but the room was full. So maybe there's 150 people in there and most of them don't know me. And they're either comedians or friends of comedians. And I got my five or six minutes and, the majority of it, they laughed. And I was saying, you know what? That's, that was when I said I felt like I can do it. You know, they may not, I may not have won the competition, but I made everybody laugh. And that was, for me, a standout moment saying it's worth investing more time into it. Yeah, that's cool. Those aha moments are always great when they happen, when you're just like, wow, I can really do this. <laughs> have you had an aha moment yet, Tia? Uh, it doesn't really feel like it. No. No, I mean, if you keep getting on stage, you're obviously going to keep getting better. But I don't, I don't think I've ever had anything that's like what I hear other comics describe as like they came to this point where everything just kind of clicked, and you know, um, the new they don't sound like open micers anymore. You know, what I'm saying there's a huge difference between what I do on stage and what a seasoned headliner does on stage. You know, and definitely the um. Those I I watch uh, I try and watch as many headliners as I can and then you know and like I said I've spoken with some who have said that they just you know they just come up a lot of people say about seven years I don't know I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I mean for that maybe a final, but you've never had a really great set that just made me say all right, or made you feel say you know all right I'm comfortable with doing this and I want to keep doing it or. No, I've had I've had. Very good sets that I was very happy with, and then go back out and two sets later just get kicked in the teeth. So I don't ever say, oh, hey, I've gotten somewhere, because usually if I have a good set, it means my next one's going to be gruesome. So. Well, I mean, I don't think I've gotten anywhere as far as comedy, but, you know, I, I feel like I got thick enough skin and I get the majority of my jokes, at least most of the time I'll get laughed at. So it's worth getting up on stage if I'm to the point where I feel like getting up on stage is worth it. It's, you know, whether I, I mean, sure I'll have bad shows, but I think on the over, the overwhelming majority of them are going to be pretty good. And on that's the part why, I, I mean, if I think I'm going to suck every time, I'm going to stop doing it. That's just me. I know Gwiggy sucks all the time, but he <laughs> no, thinks he can keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does great with live action role play. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get my arm already. So I think Tia needs a big group hug. No, Tia's fine. You just want fine. to touch her. Tia's fine. Tia's, <laughs> Tia's fine. Well, thank you, Victor. I really appreciate your answers. It helps a lot. 
No problem. Would you say that with a little excitement, please, Tia? Well, thank you, Victor. Your answers help so much. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm ready to go now. I'm on fire. Thank you. I think that sounded better. That was so much more believable. <laughs> Holy cow. So, Victor, we got the last couple of minutes in the show. As I said, the hour yep. goes by pretty quick. Uh, I normally like to open up to uh, shameless plugs, let anybody plug any shows they have coming up. Tia, are you going to be on stage anywhere? Are you going to do... Um, any of the open mics or join the contest that we have going with Comedy well, Slam Radio? Well, that's actually why I was your guest, your surprise guest tonight, because I came in to sign up for the contest, so I will be doing that. And then I'm doing a benefit on November 10th. I'll be hosting a benefit, and um, uh, there's something else, but I can't remember it, and I'll let everybody else plug What's along. the benefit for? You- it's for uh, veterans. It is for veterans. It's going to be at the Elks Club on November 10th. Awesome. In Tarpon nice. Springs. All right. And I guess I'm also going to be doing the comedy show, which is at Kicking Wings in, is it Hudson, Newport, Florida? Richie, Hudson, Hudson, mm-hmm. Hudson, Florida. Mm-hmm. It's five bucks for everybody to get in. If mm-hmm. you want to compete, I think you got to pay three smackers or give Nolan a handy, one of the two. Something like that. Uh, I, I paid will, the $3. I will have you know. I, I <laughs> recommend the $3 myself. Uh, I'm doing, it's, I don't know how much of a charity show it is, but, uh, I'm going to be working with Maureen Sullivan. Uh, she's doing a leave it to her to pick a fat guy to do comedy for an educational seminar about diabetes. Mm-hmm. And the nurses are going to come and they're going to be able to earn, I guess it's credits towards their uh, continuing education. And after they learn about that, Fat Davey's going to do some comedy. And other than that, I don't have too much else going on because I suck overall as a comic. But what about you, Gwiggy? Um, I'll actually be emceeing the conning contest at uh, Kicking Wings on the 16th. Uh, December 4th, uh, when Comedy Slam Radio goes on the road in the alley or close to Orlando and Sanford, uh, myself and my radio co-host from Control the Chaos will be hosting that event too. And on December 5th, I'll be at the Improv mm-hmm. with uh, Got Jokes, our Improv oh. Troopers treatment. And actually this Thursday, I forgot, I'll be at the Pittsburgh Mix doing a guest set there. Nice. Yes. Victor, cool. where are you going to be traveling around? Uh, let's see. Next, actually, I've got a bunch of shows in New York coming up. Uh, and then I'm supposed to go to some festival that I don't remember <laughs> where it is. Because <laughs> awesome. I have somebody else who schedules things for me. Uh, nice. I, but uh, actually, this week, I'll be at Union Hall in New York on the awesome. uh, 7th with Janine Garofalo and Frank Conniff. Oh, that's cool. nice. Cool. Very funny people. Definitely. Funny, uh, funny people. Now, one la- I want to have you give one last blast out. Um, some of the comedians, I mean, obviously you still probably are in the clubs all around New York. Are there any up-and-coming young New York hot comedians that you want to give a shout-out to that you think people should go look them up on Facebook or YouTube and check out some of their stuff? That people should go look up and check out right now? There's yeah. tons of comedians. One of my favorites right now is uh, this guy, Michael Che. He's super funny. Funny dude. Great. Yep. He Actually, the New York Times just is, did a story on him. So, I mean, I think he was just on Letterman for the first time about uh, a couple of days ago. Great. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good very funny dude. Cool. And it looks like we are going to wrap up the show. So I want to thank you very much for taking some time out to come on in. Gwiggy, I want to thank you for stopping by. And Anytime. I definitely want to thank Tia for making a surprise visit. 
Of High course. five to you. Yes. Victor, thank you very much for calling in and, you know, spread the word about how great, great of a time you had on the Let's Be Frank show <laughs> with Dave Frank, <laughs> Fat Davey, the legend. The you myth. bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounded almost as sincere as, as uh... oh, my. All right. We are going to go. Listen, guys, Nolan is cutting me off, that mean bastard. I think, you know what? I'm going to talk through Nolan just for a minute, just to fuck with him. Nolan, can I just talk about you for a minute? Yeah, go ahead, man. And how your long, greasy hair. And are you, like, making noises in the microphone? I'm I'm chewing my gum in the microphone. Go on. That is great. Go ahead and end the show. Victor, thank you very much for calling in. And no Nolan, is a, Nolan is a jerk. Everybody on the count of three, let's just say Nolan Thanks is a jerk as we go out. Let's be Frank Show on ComedySlamRadio.com. If you missed this show or like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the dot-com in